The following episode may contain major spoilers for any adventure or plot details contained within the material. We strongly encourage players who are about to embark upon this adventure to stop and ask themselves if they really want to ruin the experience that their friends are crafting for them. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Legend Lore, the podcast series where two dungeon masters flip through one tabletop RPG book at a time, giving their insights on the pros and cons of the publication in question. Hi, I'm Adam, and with me today is Dan, and Hello. we're going over our thoughts on the Wizards of the Coast product, Fandelver and Below, the Shattered Obelisk. Before we get into this product, though, I got a couple of questions for you. Let's roll initiative. Sure. I got one for you as well. I got a 12. I got a 9. All right, ask your question first. Obelisk? Obelisk. I honestly flop back and forth between them, and it's like if it's in the middle of a, of a sentence and it's an obelisk, but if it is the shattered obelisk, I know. That's not the appropriate way, but there was a, I want to say it was Star Trek, one of the Star Treks. Because they're all just a little bit theatrical. And what I mean by that is, like, these are theater-trained actors that are hitting their blocking, and it's very, especially the early stuff, it's very, not mechanical, but scripted. And you can tell. And they are enunciating appropriately, because this is Star Trek. Yes. One of them says obelisk, and I, and I think I got it from, like, that might be a Patrick Stewart or an Avery Brooks kind of... I will forever say it incorrectly, but only because my dad growing up was a massive Asterix and Obelisk fan, or Obel the like Asterix, massive yeah. Asterix fan, like the the French cartoon, right? Yeah. Um, and his best friend is Obelisk or Obelisk or something like that. Mm -hmm. Obelix. Um, so like it's I think it's an ob. I think, it's, I think it's Obelisk. I think it's Obelisk. Yeah. I think it is. But like I I get it wrong every time. Sure. Anyways, other questions. All right, so before we get started on this, what are you hoping to see in this book? <laughs> um, I am coming in here pretty fresh, uh, with like pretty fresh eyes on this. I have run Fandelver. I know where Fandelver ends. Uh, I know the story of Fandelver. I know it fairly well. Um, and I know uh, specifically they have been building up the obelisk. 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 I'm going to correct you the wrong way Every if you time. say it yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, they have been building up this plot thread since the very beginning of 5th edition. So, I am expecting sweet, sweet release. Just <laughs> fulfillment. What? Okay, so my hope for this is that, yes, there's some sort of culmination. Let me be clear. Okay, so, Dan, you're clearly not as in tune to the podcast as you were this time last year. Yes. Um, there was a post-credit bit that I did not long ago where it was just me kind of ripping into the state of 5th edition right now and how it feels like we're winding up 5th edition to, to start 1D&D and how all of the things they've announced for 2024, they've been fucking radio silent on. And it's goddamn bizarre that we are getting misstep after misstep on every single production. There's been some sort of controversy or fuck up. Or it's just been underwhelming. Yeah. And the fact that we got Keys from the Golden Vault, which honestly was the best book they've put out in a while. Um, but it is just so niche 
so specific that it's going to be difficult to use. Yeah, okay. But then there was nothing until August, September, October, November. They are just jamming four publications out. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we got Bigby, Glory to the, oh, the yeah, Giants, yeah, right? Yeah. Then this one here I that we're doing today. I thought those two were rather close together. Yeah. Like, I'm still keeping my finger on the heartbeat With, a little bit, but... Within a month, we get Planescape, and then a month after that, we get The Book of Many Things. So it's just bang, 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 bang. This is the first I've heard of the Book of Many Things. And it's dedicated to the Deck of Many Things as well as an expansion for it. And I believe, although I don't know this for certain, but I've read a couple of press releases that lead me to believe that you will actually get a physical deck as well with additional expansion cards. Okay. And so the book is going to be about the history of the deck, how to use the deck, what the cards mean, and so on and so forth. But that feels like a really weird week. That, that feels like a really weird like official publication. I want it to then be more expansive than that. Like, I would like it to include the Taraka deck. I'd like it to use the, the Three Dragon Ante. Like, it should have all of the games or all of the decks or a bunch of legendary items or something. But yeah. anyway, so my hope for this is that because this is going to be the last Forgotten Realms publication before they do the 1D&D announcement. Is it really? Well, it's the the book of many things, and it's the and it's Planescape, right? I guess that's true. Yeah. So Planescape is technically adjacent to because I mean it takes place in the realm of fire, and, and they've the, been radio the silent on twenty twenty four. Well, no, they weren't. They said we're going to do one about the Red Wizards of Fae. We're going to do oh, yeah, one about right, Vecna, yeah. and there's been nothing about that shit since, right? Even the release dates for one D and D have been silent at the point of this recording. Hmm. So I'm hoping that we are going to get some sort of resolution or let's up the ante or let's have a world changing event. Let's do something that's going to then roll out into whatever the next form, the next stage of D and D is going to be. Right. Um, what do you not want this book to be? Is there anything you don't want included in this? Um, I just hope it's not a cop out the whole, like they've, they've been literally building up the obelisks for the past obelisks for the past, <laughs> Um, like 10 years. So, um, I'm really hoping it's not just a cop out. Oh, goblins have been leaving this everywhere or some such nonsense, right? Like, oh, it's Magubliet. I, okay. Like I, if, if it's going to be Magubliet or Magubliet, and then they're going to have a giant, like play for like, there's an end game here and this is going to be our villain. The way that we've had villains like Mistra and no. stuff. Mistra's not really a villain, but like. The world was against Mistra there for a little bit. And so, like, we've had Vecna be the big bad a couple of times. And there are, there like, there are big bad guys in, in D&D. If it ends up being a goblin god, you know, I don't hate that. Fine. That's the okay. story you're telling. If it's Thayer's Dune again, it's like, oh, come on. Um, yeah, but like, I, I just don't want it to be silly. I don't want it to be nothing. Uh, the other thing I don't want is I don't want to see them reinvent the wheel on any, like, core rule set. Like... All of a sudden, alignments are gone again, or they're back, or whatever. Like, I don't want to see them trying to reinvent the wheel here. Just give me a fucking adventure. Yeah. Um, I don't even think that... I don't know this. I know very little about this book. Uh, I, I got it, and I haven't opened it yet. Um, but... We my, do that for you people. <laughs> you listeners. <laughs> Damn you. It's been in my house for a week, and I'm pissed about it. <laughs> uh, no, the... Like, I know very little about it, but I don't think we get a whole lot of player options. There might be a couple of backgrounds or an item or two, but, like... I'm okay with that. 
Normally, the adventure paths have something for players. Give me backgrounds. Um, uh, we we well, did a backgrounds, review. Backgrounds are about to be useless because they're going to redo the whole damn thing I from guess the ground that's up. True, yeah. Right. So what they should give give me give me plot hooks to bring characters in and a lot of them. If they give me a lot of hooks, I don't care if they don't give me another player book class or, mm. or a background yeah um what one was it i think it was either prince of the apocalypse or early abyss one of the two that dave and i recorded a while ago um we like they had over 20 hooks to come into the uh the game yeah right and then you look at uh i keep on shitting on it in this uh but uh wild beyond the witch light like you get Two, there's a carnival in town and your family's visiting. Or you heard about this carnival in the near, nearby town and you've gone to go visit. Like, it's it's boring. <laughs> I've got a lot of problems. I, I, Wild Beyond the Witchlight is not what they promised us. No, it's not. However, what it gave us was really neat. It's a story about hags in the Feywild. Cool. Fucking call it that. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, don't, don't make it the Fey book. No, make it the Hourglass Coven. That's what it was, yeah. right? Like anyway, anyway, before we go off ranting about other things, uh, there's one final thing before we we crack this book open. Um, I bought this book uh, the moment that it came out, and it got here within hours. Uh, I always wait till day of on the drop, and then order at like six a.m. so I get it by like that night. Because mm-hmm. I find that sometimes, at least in Vancouver, if I pre-order it, sometimes I don't get it for two or three days till after. Okay. Yep. No, I've been sick. You've been out of town. I have been waiting to do this specifically with you because we've canceled a couple D&D sessions as well recently. Uh, Dan, this is actually your birthday present from our D&D group. Oh, is it really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is, Yay. you get you asked before we hit record, can I, can I take this home and look at it? I'm like, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So this is your book. Happy Yay. birthday. I know we're about three weeks late and the rest of the D&D group is excited to I'm about to be out of cell reception for five days, and you've gi- you've given me things to flip through. So this will be good for me. So anyway, um, I hope it's good. <laughs> We're about oh, to find out. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, happy birthday, Dan. Thanks, buddy. Um, and for anybody uh, that is listening, flip us a message. Say happy birthday to Dan. And when only three of you do, we'll let him know how unpopular he is. I mean, when I when I left this podcast, it, it didn't exactly go that way, but. I'm still touched by the outreach, but <laughs> the only person that is reaching out to touch you is Dave. Anyway, <laughs> normally I'd say let's roll to see who's going to take it away. But why don't you give us? Why don't you start off with the uh, cover page and all that nonsense? So uh, we'll just go with the base cover, which is goblins carrying a piece of an obelisk. Um, like it was shattered or something. Yep. Um, there's one drawing little graffiti like goblins do with a bag full of loot. Um, there's a girl chicken. I'm sorry, there's a girl chicken? Sorry, sorry. There is a girl goblin, uh, carrying the bacon or choking the chicken. What, what is she doing? She is, she's, yeah, she's carrying a chicken. She's got a chicken and a pig. Um, and then there's another goblin, like, fist to the sky. Honestly, looks like goblin shenanigans. I love it. Um. They're clearly looting. They're, like, that's, that's what's happening. They're they're curious. They are looting. They are obviously just up to shit. And uh, I assume it's uh, Fandolin that's in the background, which is the town in the Mines of Fandelver, um, the starter set. Yeah. Um, the the art is beautiful. I like the, the covers have been pretty good lately. The Glory of the Giants really kind of let everybody down. That is something I don't want to see in this book. Sorry to break the thing. I don't want to see more AI art. 
Apparently there hasn't been. Okay, cool. Um, so we're going to flip over to the first um, page here, which is the table of contents. Is there no cover page? Um, it's usually like a title page. Uh, yeah, there oh, we there go. is. Yeah. Uh, weird rune. There's a weird rune. Weird green glowing rune, which green's my favorite color, so I, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, we got, uh, in terms of project, uh, project leads on this one, uh, Amanda Heyman is leading it. That name doesn't ring any bells to me. However, I've heard it a couple of times. Yep. Um, I do see that Chris Perkins is involved. Rich Baker is involved, which, um, yay. So we got, we got some fairly decent writers involved here. I really like it. Uh, the alternative cover is badass. It is, it looks like a metal album. Honestly, I went to get you the the alternative cover, and uh, and it was sold out when I went to go like, okay. order it online. So I'm going to order this book for myself here fairly shortly. If I end up getting the alternative cover, we'll swap. Okay, cool. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, the, there's a little note here that says, The following product provided information and inspiration, the Lost Mine of Fandelver, from... 2014. I know it's been nine years. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Anyways. Um, so it says on the cover, goblins with psionic powers steal a piece of a mysterious obelisk from the sleepy town of Fandolin in this breathtaking cover for, uh, by Antonio Jose Manzanedo. I probably said that incorrectly. Sorry, Antonio, if you're listening. Um, on the alt cover, a roiling array of sinister elements surrounds the titular obelisk. <laughs> That's at the center of the doom-threatening Fandolin in this spectacular cover by DZO. Okay? It's probably DZO, knowing that they're American. DZO. Yeah. Um, What's the disclaimer say? Disclaimer. The disclaimer. The disclaimer. Um, the fanatics of Ilvash can neither confirm nor deny whether they plot to incorporate this book's owners into a mighty new illithid empire. Any transformations incurred up to uh, up to and including face tentacles are strictly coincidental. Now, are we going to get rules for Ceramorphous in this? I hope so, because we just got a, a giant version of it. And we've got, like, in the Big Bees book, we've got the gnome Ceramorph from... And out, out, outside of the, uh, like, official D&D stuff, there's the Baldur's Gate 3 game, which Ceramorphous plays a huge role in and my place play a huge role in so i i could see them kind of leaning into that for this maybe uh table of contents is typical uh you get a welcome to fandolin um how many pages do we have just roughly. Um, 221 um there is a story tracker which is good i i'm happy they have those but it looks like we dive immediately into adventure and it is straight adventure all the way through. Oh, wow. See. It's like 14 pages of intro and then bam, adventure. Um, and, and that intro is like mostly going over what Fandolin is, including, hey, here's what the obelisk and the Lost Mine of Fandelver. <laughs> the obelisk is two pages. Uh, how big is the bestiary? Bestiary is roughly 20 pages. Oh, shit. Okay. So this is a full adventure then. Yep. All right, but it doesn't look like there's any new rules just based off of the... Uh, Far Realm Influence, Transformation of Phandalin, and Character Transformation are in the intro. So, uh, Character Transformation meaning probably Ceramorphous. Yeah, I assume there's body horror. Yep, cool. Yeah, I'm into it. All right, let me take the book and then go through Chapita 1. A Dangerous Journey. Actually, no, I'll go through Welcome to Phandalin. Welcome to Phandalin. Keeping in mind that I did not play... I've never played the starter set. Never, huh? 
When would I? I guess that's true. You are a bit of a forever DM. Yeah. So uh, I I would absolutely love to play a number of the classic games, but I can never find a dungeon master that's willing to put that effort in. And I'm at the point now where people get intimidated by DMing for me. I don't. You are the only one. I mean, Dave doesn't give two shits. But you guys are the only ones that like are not intimidated by if, that. If my life were just a little bit more in control and you were okay with pausing your campaign for a while, because it's purely days of the week that limits me. <laughs> Tell me about it. Dan, when we win the lottery. Yeah, right. You and I are going to just play D&D all the time. Uh, threats from below. Okay, so welcome to Phandalin. Nestled in the northern Sword Coast between Neverwinter Wood and the Sword Mountains is the town of Phandalin. Blah, blah, blah. Centuries ago it was thriving. Uh, however, now it's uh, mostly pretty calm and chill. Over the past few years, settlers have built a new village on the ruins of the old, mm -hmm. which had been taken over by uh, bandits and whatnot. So, um, However, there are threats from below. Unbeknownst to any town folks, three Mind Flayer fanatics lurk deep underneath the town and plot a chilling course. Good. There we go. I think that's our plot hook for the, for the whole thing. The Mind Flayer fanatics have discovered pieces of a shattered obelisk of great magical power. Left over from the mysterious Netherese Empire. We may not get the the origin of the obelisk then. That might just be like them using it in weird ways. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. About this book, uh, optimized for four to six characters. Uh, they are the heroes of the story, blah, blah, blah. What's the starting level? The Lost Mine uh, is chapters one to four. Uh, they they reimagine the beloved adventure Lost Mine of Fandelver. Oh, so you don't need the starter set? No, apparently not. They said they were retiring it when Dragons of Icepire Peak came out. And they're like, we're going to make this a legacy thing. Apparently it's been reimagined and revisioned. I, I mean, they increased the page count by doing so. So, hey, there you go. Chapters five to eight then get into the obelisk itself. So... We go, I guess, Suma Underground for the Lost Mine, and then it expands beyond that. Sure. Interesting. Then it gets into the last, uh, the Lost Mine of Fandelver, and there's a breakdown. Chapter 1, summary. Chapter 2, summary. Uh, and it just gives you summaries through and through. A lot of goblin stuff early on. Yep, there's lots of goblins involved in the... There's the some pretty good... like It's a return to form with the art, which I'm happy about. Um, they've got... See, that obelisk looks really creepy and all the shit that's like coming, growing up and like wrapping around it. Yep. I'm, I'm pretty happy with this so far. Uh, and then we have a nice big map for one big full page, including, you know, the high road, Tribor Trail, and essentially... Just outside of Neverwinter Wood. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's Neverwinter Wood and then the Cragmaw Hideout and like, it, like this is it. Yeah. Uh, running the adventure, how to use the maps, interior maps, using the story tractor. The world of the Forgotten Realms is one of high fantasy, blah, 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 blah. It just kind of tells you what we have. There's a poster map in the back, apparently. Cool. What is it of? One side of the poster map shows the Fandolin region, which I'm assuming is this one big map that we have here. Uh, the reverse side of the poster map is the player-friendly maps of the town of Fandolin. Oh, okay. As well as recurring encounter locations. For character creation, we got backgrounds. There's a nice big chart here. Depending on whether or not they picked one of the backgrounds from the, the player's game. handbook, yeah. uh, it gives you kind of the hook that's tied to that background. Cool. I like that. That's how they should be used. That, that makes sense. That, that's, yeah. They should always have been doing that. The books that they don't do that are, it's a problem. And then beyond that, there's also three adventure hooks to get you started. One is called Meet Me in Fandolin. One is called Friend of the Harpers. And one is called Gauntlet Trainee, which is about the Order of the Gauntlet. Um, and that's 
was Gundren Rockseeker, one yep. of the yeah. Okay, so we have art for him now, and we had art for him before. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the same art? Does that I don't familiar? I don't know. I don't know if that's the same art. I it might be different. I think it's different. Like I. I have not played, but I've certainly flipped through it enough because of the podcast, so yeah. and I don't recognize that. Um, and then we have Far Realm influence, and then we goes through a bunch of that. Uh, does it talk about Seramorphous? Well, it first of all, it's just kind of a transformation of Phandalin. Uh, each time the characters return to Phandalin during the later parts of the adventures, they find the town and townspeople further affected by the Far Realm. We just recorded... As a matter of fact, I think it's coming out next week. The idea of the Far Realms invade and, and giants are getting twisted. That's what's going on in the campaign builder right now. Okay. So it that is wild that we have like lined up evenly on cool. that. Uh, and then we look at it and character transformation. The stages of character transformation. It talks about advancement, um, changes, NPC reactions, game effects, transformation effects. There are like four large options there. But it does have a little box that says player consent is required. Before you use the character transformation rules presented in this section, check with each player to determine if they are open to their character experiencing physical transformative effects. A player will not miss game benefits if they choose not to use these rules for their character. So don't be a dick, be a dude. Yeah. Um, and then that's it. That's it, and it's time for Goblin Shenanigans. Dangerous Journey. So this is the first of the uh, reprints, I guess, then, of Minds of Fandelver. Yeah, the first four chapters. Why don't you take the first four chapters, because you're familiar with it, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, I could do that. Um, so uh, I just want to say real briefly, the way that they separate out the chapters here, it it's unique for this book. There's the, the, It feels a little bit more... Um, I don't know, Goblin-esque, just how, like, the, the, the font that they've chosen for the headers and stuff like that. Like, it feels a little like they're trying to add this messiness almost to it. I do appreciate that. But, anyways, moving on. The art's pretty. Yeah, the art's very pretty. Although, I will say, I am very, very, like, every time that I see art now, I'm looking really closely at the colorization of things. I'm looking at how the hands are placed. I'm looking at the, like the nitpicky facial features to make sure it's not AI. Yeah. Right? And this looks pretty clean. It might have been AI inspired in the second draft. Like, they did a first draft, AI cleaned it up for the second and added, I don't know, the cows. And then they went, the artist went through and fixed it. AI as a tool doesn't bother me. AI as a finishing product pisses me off. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, characters should be level one. Yep. And they gain a level when they uh, finish exploring Craig Ma Hideout. That's what it says here. So, uh, yeah, this is... That's the same art. This is the... So, there's a big... Uh, you flip the page over, there's a big full page of the old style of drawing goblins where they had that, like, oblong head. Yeah. Um, they have since changed that with a lot of them and made it a little bit more bestial looking, a little bit more feral almost, mm -hmm. rather than just odd and... Uh, elongated. Yeah, they look a little bit like cone heads. Um, but I gotta say, the, the the first thing we got here is a goblin ambush with two horses in the middle of the road. That's iconic. That's that's from the previous. I wonder how much of this is just redone, or how much of it is like cleaned up. Like, if was it a reboot, or did they fix the language to be more in line with modern? Um, so the bugbear leaders, Clark, Clark reports to a, a yeah. That's all the same. I'm I am ninety percent certain that this low res map is the same uh, map from 
uh, the starter set. Like I want, I want you to know, I've got the box, the starter set on my shelf right now. But the adventure's not in it. Dave has the adventure oh, right now. Okay. So unfortunately, yeah. look, that wolf is the same art. Like I say, I've gone through it enough times. Um, that's a new picture of Sildar Hallwinter. So they are updating it. The, They're it giving is, us new information. It is updated, yeah. But remember, in the starter set, originally what they had was very simplistic base rules so that anybody could play, right? Yeah. So there's going to be different language. There's going to be updates to what skill to use and that kind of shit as well, right? Like, I think that we're going to see even the stat blocks that were presented change. I bet, like, we should take a look. Is alignment pulled out? Is it called... No, he's neutral good. It just straight up neutral good, huh? says neutral good. No, I mean, like, for the monster types, like, if, goblin. Well, when we get there, we'll, when, we'll yeah, see. So, yeah, so, like, I'm curious if they've done that. I'm curious if these, this this looks like it's the Lost Mine of Fandelver. There's a little chunk here called role-playing Sildar, or as I like to call him, Barry Blue Jeans. This was a thing that they started doing when they first started releasing books in 5e. They stopped doing for a long time, and then they looks like they've started picking it back up, where they're actually saying, hey, here's how you role-play this guy, DM. Don't just make it up by looking at the stats and a sad-looking guy sitting with manacled arms, right? One of the things that I've noticed recently is that even in, like, the monsters, occasionally when you get the big, like, set-piece monsters and stuff, you will get things like bonds and flaws and traits and things. Or you will have a blurb about, in the first round, he always opens with this kind of attack. Or, like, there's more guidance for the DM. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've noticed it in little bits and pieces. We are not there yet, but I like seeing these how to role play. I wonder if it's copy pasted from the original. Role I don't think it is. No. I don't think it is. Uh, Sildar, if I remember correctly, he's a he's a friend of uh, um, uh, the the dwarf, and he's the guard of the dwarf, and he goes with the the dwarf, and that's the end of it. Sure. Right, like they don't really fill him his information out all that much. Okay. Um, we get a nice big image of Clark here with his goblin retinue with a uh, rather emaciated looking wolf. That looks relatively new. That That is new art. Um, yeah. Definitely new art. Um, and it's awesome. You'll notice that there's blank spaces in a couple of these pages as well, where I assume that they would have things like in the starter set, they would have guidance here about... How to do this thing, or yeah. refer to this map, which they don't have anymore, or no. something like that. Or right? they're just trying to fill a page space. They've been pretty good about filling blank spaces like that with like little outline sketches of. Yeah, or, that's fair. You know, there's a they, like the like well, quotes from Volo or whatever. Yeah, or there's a pile of gems that I'm was one of the items that you can win, shit like that, right? Yeah. So. Uh, chapter two is Trouble in Phandalin, which has a nice new splash of art of uh, a bunch looks, of people inside of a tavern. It looks like most of the splash pages are new art. Yeah, it, it, they are definitely including some new art here. Same old map of Phandalin here, and it gets, does give you a list of um, Phandalin NPCs, which I think there are a couple new members there, new, a couple new people inside the town. Um, yep, they filled out the town a little bit better. Good. Um, Order of the Gauntlet. I mean, if I'm going to pay 80 bucks instead of 30 then, like, yeah. Yeah, right? Kind of giving you an idea of the organizations that are effect, uh, in effect in uh, the Forgotten Realms with the Harpers and the Zentarum and various things like that. This is going to ring a little bit more true for some of the people that watch the movie and are like, oh yeah, the Harpers, the what's Harpers, this? And yeah. now they show up here. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Then there's the Red Band Ruffians, which are in the original as well. 
all the way up. Yeah. Uh, New art, though. Pretty good. I mean, I, that is the same picture of a Nothic that we see over and over. But, like, but these, those skeletons are These new. skeletons are great. Um, yep. These goblins on the next page over with the Kragmaw goblins, where there's this weird, like, magical, spiritual Energy essence to, it, to yeah. them. I really, really like. So, the, the one thing I will say, clearly, this is a rebrand, but they have put the actual work into making this look fresh is is what i'm doing like that, that this someone is clearly an editor has gone through and said what doesn't need to be in here and what can we flesh out a little bit glass staff that's great art with his little closet there and zeond uh oh yeah so they it's at this point that they send you off to uh fight the black spider or which they are now just calling the spider um which is one of the villains from um the original uh starter set Chapter three, we go, we get this really beautiful look of a banshee. We've never really had great art of banshees in 5e. Yeah, the art in the monster manual is middling at best. Like, it gets the point across, but it's not inspired. Yeah. That, the, that's the same picture. I've seen that art before. That, uh, that owlbear. Yeah, that oh, owlbear. That looks fresh to me. But, uh, yeah, okay, cool. I, I mean, I love owlbears, so... Let me tell you something. I scour. When I do the episodes, I scour through all of the art so that we can put the videos together. And I, for OGL reasons, I only use Wizards artwork. Yeah, Or stuff that we produce ourselves, right? So there's never any third-party stuff or what I scrub off the internet or anything. It is specifically what I can find in the books. And then I will find, you know, I'll make them a PDF and be like, all right, here we go. This is the, this is the art I'm stealing. So I recognize a fuck ton of art. Like at a quick glance, I can tell you, even if it's in fourth edition or third edition, because sometimes I'll run to those books and be like, "What's in here?" Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I I need more. There's there are only four pictures total of an emerald dragon, and I need six. I run to the other editions, right? So like, I've got a pretty good handle on what the artwork is, what's getting recycled. That splash page that we saw earlier of the goblins on that like rocky outcropping, yeah, that has been used no fewer than six times in yep. fourth edition. Oh yeah, it yeah. is in every fucking book. <laughs> So we're uh, we're gonna keep trucking along here. Uh, we end up meeting a druid in the wood as we are searching for the entrance to the spider's cave. Um, we come across a dragon named Venomfang, which is again part of an old book. We covered him actually in the famous dragons episode. There's also ash zombies here, and they give you additional little rule set for ash zombies, which we covered do. in our zombie episode. Yeah. So. Um, then we get into Wyvern Tor, which is just a prominent landmark in the Sword uh, Mountains that you might come across. There are some goblins within it, I believe. One second, let's flip. Nope, that's Cragmaw Castle. So uh, in Wyvern Tor, there is basically it's a raider camp. There's uh, some bugbears there, as well as some pretty decent treasure. Uh, Cragmaw Castle comes up next. This is all within the same thing. This is. What you typically get with, like, a travel t- between point A and point B, here's the things that you could encounter in the travel. It seems to be that there are fewer options, but they're far more in-depth than some of the stuff we've seen in a lot of the later adventures, where, I'm thinking of Dragonlance in particular, there's a paragraph each on, like, 30 different places. This is really, like, a page and a half on each one of the locations to get to. Exactly. Um, so... It is at Craigmall Castle that we do encounter King Grawl, who is another bugbear that's in charge. His first name is Dave. Does he like fighting Foo? <laughs> Ever uh-huh. since he got kicked out of Nirvana. Yeah. 
we get a little what's next thing here, which will help a DM guide the party to the next place, which is Wave Echo Cave. Everyone here should recognize Wave Echo Cave. Um, there are some wandering monsters within the cave, which include... Do they have a Wave Echo Cave Gecko? No, they don't. They fucking should. Um, in your campaigns, you, you can put that in. And I'm saying this to the listeners of this podcast. Like, there should be a Wave Echo Cave Gecko. Um, so you have a picture here with Gundren Rockseeker and his brothers discovering the mine in Wave Echo Cave. That is a callback to all of the drama that initiates all this because Gundren's like, help me find my brothers. Okay. Yeah. So the caves are fairly huge. And this is the same. I think this is just a higher res version of it, maybe. Um, of the same map, uh, Wave Echo Cave, that you get in the starter set. That is a beautiful picture as I flip the page over to a ochre jelly. We have not had good art for the ochre jelly. The, it's, again, middling in the monster manual, right? So yeah. it's nice to see this artwork get kind of a kind of a re-up. Yeah. So flipping through, I mean, the, a lot of this is a retread. Um, I don't remember the spectator. There might be though, because you're. You, did you play this with your old Friday group? Is that where you? Played oh no, stuff? I ran this for like a couple small one shot groups. Okay, like I've I, I'd never played this with the Friday group, but at the same time, I wonder if there is. Um, it has been a long time since I've run it, but I wonder if there has been inserts because of the success of Baldur's Gate three into this book. Look, I will tell you this: by the time that this book had been printed and shipped. Baldur's Gate 3 had not been released yet. Well, Baldur's Gate 3 has been released for like two years. The final version got released oh, just like this year. Oh, like a beta, sure. But right. like... It was a popular beta. Uh, but like there are some things here, like some of the art, some of the choices they've chosen with like how to represent a, a spectator specifically is straight out of that, right? So it's... And like that's that's art. If I can be honest, that should have been how it fucking goes, though, right? Like it, you yeah, have no, one company be, yeah. producing two different products, but based on the same IP, there should be some cohesion, yeah. some continuity to it. So, um, and then you have the spider, Neznar the spider, who is the one of the big bads here at Wave Echo Cave, um, a neutral evil elf wizard. He is Drow and comes with the fully charged spider staff. Which is, is he Drow? He is Drow. Where does it say that? I mean, he it says earlier that he is drow. Okay, but... and, it, and it says sunlight sensitivity, so yeah. clearly he's drow. But it doesn't list him as being drow in the stat block. No, nope, just releases him as an elf. There we go. See, this is the kind of, like, updating of the language. I'm sure that any of oh, the savage bugbears, and they've now removed the word savage, right? Like, yeah. I'm sure that there have been small little updates to this whole thing. Yeah. Even though he intends to kill the characters, Neznar can't resist being curious about them. Now we're on to chapter five, Paths of Peril. The Paths of Peril. Nice big splash page. Again, more goblins. The goblins here don't look as generic as they have in the past. No. Every one of them looks like they've got a unique personality. And frankly, they seem a lot more malevolent. They do. They feel way more dangerous than... There's no goofy goblin shit going on here, right? Uh, I mean, there was some. There was a room with a goblin. There was a... Uh, some art of a goblin wearing a pot on his head okay. that we pass by. Well, not with these fucking guys. So, uh, when the characters return to Phandalin after their adventures at Wave Echo Cave, uh, they find the town in upheaval. Thievery, vandalism, and violence plague Phandalin. Uh, and it's all because of some goblins here. So, there's some information about running this chapter. Character advancement, they should be 5th level. So, you're getting a level a chapter, clearly. Uh, and then it says, 
this big like half a page on the goblins story and then what happened they're running amok they're stealing shards and then it gets into we get a new npc here which is i guess what's her name gwyn orsong who I assume wasn't in the original, right? And that's, no, I don't think so. That and that's familiar. why that list at the beginning is expanded, because there's just more information. But I'd like to point out the the reprint here. I mean, it is 70 pages, 76 pages is what they've got in here for the reprint. But this is a 200 and something odd book, like page book. It, it's less than half. Like, there's still a lot of book left to go through here. The, one of the little details that I really like is that she's got clearly glyphs tattooed on her arm. Cool. And, but they're like glowing. It's really subtle. So I like I like that quite a bit. Uh, a well, uh, destruction of Cornerstone, weaken the foundation of the Miner's Exchange. And then shit to get up to, Goblin Camp, Phandalin Alleys, uh, Rooftop Stashes. There's Zors was here. Hey, look. Someone random played, goblin. Yeah, someone played Tic-Tac-Toe. The goblins are playing Tic-Tac-Toe in graffiti. So, um... This bar sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sucks is S-U-X. So, like, that's some some fun little goblin shit. And we're getting kind of underneath the air. It looks like a minecart track. I think this is the mining uh, exchange. Oh, it's the outpost. Yeah. So, mining level, outpost level. And then that is some zombie-looking dwarves, I guess. Durgar? Maybe. I just see the white hair and... and uh, yeah, they could just be yeah. old dwarves, though. That's true. Um, they do look undead either way. But we have goblin psi brawlers and psi commanders. So these are going to be beefed yeah, up. Yeah, we're in the new stuff now, for sure. Yeah. Um, we, what is that? Uh, his name is Hyoldak. And Hyoldak... Is a Hyoldak. I don't know. We have feral ashen rites and a giant badger... Hyoldak, um, I don't know what he is. It looks like some sort of uh, oil-based dwarf, considering he's standing in a puddle that's being poured out of a bucket. He's coming out of the puddle. Mm-hmm. like the mur- He's coming out of the murmuring jar, which has been tipped over. Uh, Hyoldak's soul was imprisoned in the jar by the Mind Flayers. He's remained trapped in it ever since. But it's actually a social encounter. Cool. Uh, we've got Crystalline Grix. Those are neat. That's fucking scary. And we keep going to... That looks like a floating goblin with a green gem embedded in her skull. Okay, so these are the... This is where we're getting the side. Oh, yeah, this is pretty fucking cool. This happens inside the Indigo Sanctum. This is feeling like good old-fashioned D&D. It really does. Which, which, honestly, they they needed to hit that beat again. When we get into chapter six, we get to the shattered obelisk itself, but the splash page is clearly an elder brain in a pool with, I'm assuming that is a gigantic statue of a, of a giant, or it could just be a huge statue of a dwarf. Well, you're, you're probably in a dwarven hold yeah. somewhere there, right? Yeah, we get a kind of shitty little scrap map that the goblins drew. I could replicate that really quickly on a piece of paper for my players. Yep. Uh, and then we get... Whatever the fuck that is. A young boy named Pip followed some strange monsters deep into the hills and the characters must bring him safely home. Uh, they are uh, quadrilateral, uh, quadrilateral pyramid, but they're floating and they've got a stock from each lower point and two from the top and multiple eyes. And like, I'm getting uh, the Far Realms flavor. 
Well, I, I'm getting Gravity Falls flavored. This is, this is Bill. Yeah. Right? Like, God, so good. That is that is a cow with tentacles growing out of its ass. It looks none too pleased. Its name is Daisy the Cow. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, the Hardy Hammer Mine, Talhundreth. Like, there's just some good shit here. Who is this? Is that this? a Deva? No. Th- are those not snakes? Is that not a Medusa? That might be a Medusa. It's a Medusa, yep. Named Hana. Uh, she's got a Gallop Door with her. There are multiple Gallop Doors in here. Uh, Helmed Horror. Is that what that armor. was? Was that a Gallop Door? The guy that was coming out of the pot? No, he was no, no, no. Gallop Doors are like Earth Monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we have a couple of brothers and associates uh, that are humanoid mutates, whatever the shit that means. The Northwest Room is currently inhabited by a humanoid mutate named Falfark and his encephalon gemwool. Those are some. Those are some words you just read there. <laughs> are they? Or were those words? Anyway, there's a there's. It looks like there's a lot of like interesting shit going on in like underground regions. Like yeah. we are very much below the earth. I'm I'm really thankful that they've taken what they like that launching point of uh, Fandolin and really really developed it well. There's a Hydra. That's a Hydra. Uh, that's a Hydra with some sort of spirit monster as well. Maybe one of its dead heads. Which, why has that never occurred to me? That they wouldn't have ghost heads? That's pretty cool. Uh, we get a bunch of really cool... Are those whites or shadows? Wraiths or shadows? No, I think they're just ghosts. Oh no, three wraiths. Yeah, three wraiths. That's terrifying. Inside a crypt. Like the- It seems like you are out like trying to collect pieces of the obelisk before all the goblins do. Hey, a roper! That's a cool picture of a roper. Yeah, that is. It's new, too. I like that it's got, like, a lamprey kind of mouth where there's no, like, sides or up or down. It's just just a, a, a circular yeah, maw. And a, yeah. Um, there we go. We finally, we finally get to Mind Flayers on page 134. His name is Quinbraxel, leader of the Grimlocks in Gibbet Crossing. So we get a bunch of Grimlocks. That's cool. Grimlocks have been underutilized in 5th Ed. So, Lawful Evil, he's a Mind Flayer Warlock. Cool. Who's his uh, patron? Uh, <laughs> the Elder Brain, probably. Uh, Elder's Bolt. Mind Blast Spellcasting. What do we have? Detect Hand. If you dominate monster. What would you use really... if you had a Warlock that was a... Its patron was like an Elder Brain or, or a Mind Flayer. A uh, Great Old One. You'd use Great Old One for that no, one? The Great Old Ones are all the aberrations. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm trying not to give away too many. That is a mind flayer ex- like with an extracted brain. That is some beautiful fucking artwork. The like thin strings of fluid coming yeah. off of it. Oh, that is just beautiful. I'm trying not to. We're going to just zip through the last two chapters here because I don't want to give away too many spoilers. Yeah. But we can expect to see a whole lot of uh, mutated people. Yeah. If you got a problem with body horror, this might not be your campaign. Yeah. This has got like... And this is not body horror like gore. It's body horror like the thing. Yeah. Right? Like, it is warped flesh. The fly. Oh, hey, look, a grill. A psychic grill. A psychic grill. That is just wild. And Predator? That that is a cloaker that has been warped by Far Realm. My God. The art when was the this... last time you had a cloaker in a D&D game? Slod. There's Slod. I'm in. Yeah. Sloddy. Um... 
lot of mind flayers. You're just shit. flying through this thing, huh? Well, I'm trying to not give away too many spoilers. We have an infected elder brain. So clearly the magic that has come pouring out of this obelisk has warped even the mind flayers in the far realms, right? Ooh. Uh, in, into a place called the Spawn Hollow. There's some gnarly, gnarly bits. Labyrinth of Eyes has a really cool circular puzzle. It looks like the circular room in the middle has different exits and entrances, and it shifts and moves, so oh, sometimes cool. the doors close. That's cool. Like, it rotates. There's two pages room. of that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's cool. And then the last one is called, the last chapter is called Beyond a Lightless Star. I am just. Do you get teleported to the Far Realms? Here we go. You want to know who the big bad was? The big bad here is the Godlet Ilvash. So this is a baby god from the Far Realms. Um, what is the name of the god at the... Uh, I mean, spoilers. Sorry, guys, because you weren't expecting this one. The god at the end of Tomb of Annihilation. That one was supposed to be a uh, god fetus that was essentially aborted and died. And now it is... Uh, it's an Atropole, is what it's called. Oh, yeah, Atropole. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's very much not this. This thing is... is insectile looking a little bit but kind of brainy and i hope we get a, a clearer picture everything oh fandelvin is fucked up the people are fine eat our apples no thanks jesus the briny maze is in the shape of a brain it has been a long time since we had clearly it's a brain a bunch of flaming skulls yeah like a bunch of them that is some gif that's some gif yankee that have shown up finally yep and then Oh my god, we actually get a uh, gem dragon in here. Uh, sapphire? No, uh, amethyst. That's an amethyst, which does not bode well for anyone. Uh, and then an aggressive a, purple worm that's swimming. A twisted, like, mutated purple worm. Yeah, everything here feels wrong. I have a feeling you're in a, like... I'm pretty sure we're in the Far Realms. Yeah. We're in the occluding miasma and the nematode and... The Mire, Mire of, of Doubt. Uh, so, okay, here we go. This section is called The Endless Void. Uh, the heart of Ilvash's domain is a vast emptiness of which titanic nodes drift like strange islands. Other than these slowly tumbling islands, the Endless Void lacks solid ground or consistent orientation. And then we have a series of eight Endless Void nodules. And there's a bunch of rules here about air, cardinal directions, movement, illumination, visibility... And what's called intellect snares. Cool. And then there's some rules about traveling between the nodules. The wailing battlefield. The toppled statue. And then more. Like, this is super evil. Like, I can't even fucking... I cannot describe it. Is that an Amnizu? Right there? Uh, three Mesoloths. An Umber Hulk. Uh, other Hulks. There were a number of Hulks that were uh, in the latest Bigby's book. Okay. So there are a bunch of those. There's a Nykoloth. It feels to me like we have found a bunch of the Yugoloths and Mind Flayers working together. Here we go. No, that would be Vol, uh, Volsh, who is a... Uh, Cthulhu. I don't think so. I think he's a Mind Flayer. He's just winged. And he's sitting cross-legged on a floating disc in Ilvash's anima. I said anima, calm down. Uh, and then you... We get a, a stat block for... The Refraction of Ilvash. 
a huge aberration who is technically a mind flare. Sure, I guess. I mean, there's eyes and tentacles. CR 15, which is intense because you should only be level 8. You should only be level 8 by here? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So far, hold on, let me flip back to the beginning of chapter 8. But I'm pretty sure that uh, character advancement... Oh, 10th level, when the chapter begins. Okay, cool. So there you go. You'll be like level 12. So, so CR 15 is a difficult encounter. Yeah, that's good. You, you will happily kill one or two of the player characters in the final showdown. Then you get back to wrapping up What If They Fail <laughs> or the Return to Phandalin. Uh, the epilogue, which includes an attack on the nematode. Toad is T-O-D-E. It's not a kind yeah. of toad creature. We have enough of those in 5th edition. Thank you. Um, and then Far Realm Explorers. Through the Radiant Citadel, if you wanted to tie it to that. Cool. Yep. A really clear picture of uh, the uh, Ildash. Yep. And then we also have a... Uh, the, oh, there's information about a Kraken if you want to do that next. And then what the shit are those things? The, the Weavers. Weavers. Further reading. There's ways to uh, uh, attach the other books here. The Lich Sarek placed an obelisk inside his fabled Tome of the Nine Gods in Tomb of Annihilation. Uh, as described in the adventure Storm King's Thunder, the village of Nightstone is built around an obelisk with unknown powers. Dungeon of the Mad Mage and Out of the Abyss as yep. well. We also know that there's one up in Ten Towns, right? There, yep. there was an obelisk. Was it outside of Ten Towns? Or? I mean, it was, it was in Icewind Dale towns, yeah. somewhere, right? And there we go. And now the, the bestiary. Yay, the bestiary. God damn it. <laughs> Um, the splash page here is Venom Fang flying over Phandalin with a obelisk and uh, like this, this feels like it was maybe a pitched cover art that got maybe denied. Sure. Um, cause it kind of, there's, there's a mind flare peeking his head out around the well, side. Hold on. And, no, I want to take it a step further. Uh, flip to uh, back at the very beginning. Look at the layout of the alternative cover. Oh, is this? You see it's got that kind of like sword, that yeah, hollow and, sword thing in the very middle. And there's, well, the hollow sword thing is the obelisk. Yeah, But yeah. like there's a goblin and a, yeah, know what? The the alternative cover is just a metal version of this splash page. Yeah. Cool. So, so there you go. So all right, what do we got? We got an aberrant zealot, which is a CR8 beautiful aberration that I will use in many, many, many a campaign. Let me tell you something. I want all of these minis. Yep. Yep. This is like a knight with like tentacles growing out of it. Um, psionic ashen whites, feral ashen whites. So ashen whites are uh, humanoids consumed by cruelty and rage die in an area corrupted by the far realm. So they're whites, but with far realm nonsense on top of them. Yep. You have a encephalon cluster, which is just a big... Goopy. Oh, the encephalons are what those pyramid things are called. Yeah. On uh, the cluster is its egg sac. Yeah. So when a call when an elephant colony lays its eggs dangerously close to the far realm rift, an egg sac has a chance to mutate into what is known as an encephalon cluster, a ravenous, slimy, psionic, brain-shaped mass that spawns horrors called encephalon gemules. There we go. Yep. Um. Cool. Uh. Then you got a rules for an encephalon gemule. Then we have a. Fiendish Augur, which looks like a... Is that a construct? Uh, it's construct. I think it's a... It's a mining tool with... with yep. Uh, and I, I think that, that featured in the Mines of Fendelver Did as it? well. Yeah. Okay. Um, a Flesh Meld, which is a huge aberration, which just looks like a bunch of teeth and spines got oh, together. 
That's not what you and Dave call a flesh meld. Oh, no, that's something different. Uh, it's a different podcast. Right. Um, then there's an intellect snare, which just looks like a floating orb covered in ribbons. I was wondering if we were going to get a trap or something, but like... It's a creature. It's a creature. It is super far realmy as well. Like, it's... Yep. It some... moves 45 feet as a fly. Nice. Cool. Um, and then we got some uh, new Mind Flayers. Yeah. Uh, mind Flayer Clairvoyant, which is a CR11 Mind Flayer. Nice. Um, that has legendary resistance. You're welcome. This is ex- existing art of uh, here, but the Mind Flayer Prophet, which is a CR8. Oh, this existing art, Dan? I think this is actually a redo of the 4th edition Mind Flayer. Maybe. That, yeah, no, I I believe that this is a, this is a redo of... Like I don't even think it's a redo. I think it's just a one to one. No, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up. Okay. Well, you do that. I'm gonna move on. Um, mutates. Um, and you get a you get a full page here that kind of explain what a mutate is. A creature exposed to the strain energy of the far realm risks developing mutations. Um, and we're not talking the cool ones where you uh, shoot lasers out of your eyes. I mean, we might. Who knows? Um, it's not a redo of that, is it? No. It's I was not. looking at it upside down. No. 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 I've seen this art somewhere though. Interesting. Um, so in terms of mutates, we got stats for a cloaker mutate, a humanoid mutate, um, an odiog mutate, a telepathic odiog. Neat. Yep. Um, an oculorb, which is a large aberration, which is just a pile of eyes. Hmm. Yep. Um, and then some rules for some psionic goblins, including goblin psi brawlers, psi commanders, and the red band ruffian... Stat block as well here, which you need for um, when you get back to Fandel for the first time. And then in Appendix B, we got some magic items. So I'm still trying to find that picture. Hold on. There we go. It's third edition. Third edition. Yep, that tracks. From Monster Manual 5, from third edition. Godward nerds. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, can I get a couple of props for being able to just pull that information off the internet? Like, I know D&D internet so well <laughs> that I knew exactly where to look for the uh, publish. You, sh- you should uh, run a podcast. Or get therapy. One or the other. Can you do both? <laughs> no. There's no. not enough hours. No, there's not enough hours. Of that. I use yeah. the podcast as therapy and I take it out on the rest of we've been meaning. We've been meaning to talk to you about that. Well, uh, assuming that you can all get out of your cages at the same time, then... You know, we can have that talk. Fair enough. For magic items, we have the Cape of Enlargement, the Bracers of... Um, celery. Celery. I was going to say celebrity, but it's <laughs> celerity. Uh, and then the what's, f- what's the Cape of Enlargement? I'm going to go on a limb here without reading it, Dan. I'm going to say <laughs> it's a cape that makes you big. <laughs> uh, you've got a cape. It has three charges. It's a bonus action. When you wear it, you can expend one of the charges uh, to, to, make, to do make. one of the three things. Your size increases by one character. Um, if there isn't enough room, then you instead become the maximum possible size in the space available. Or you have advantage on no, strength No, no, you get checks. all of those. Granting yep, yep, yourself the following yep. boons. Yep, you have advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. And also, when you hit with an attack roll using a weapon with an or an unarmed strike, you can add your proficiency bonus to the attack's damage. I would like to point out that as much as there's stuff like you cannot stack temporary hit points and shit in 5th edition, there is nothing about not stacking size bonuses. So... If you were to be a medium-sized path of the uh, giant barbarian, you can get up to large size. And then get this and get huge. Get huge, and then someone can cast a large reduce on you. It always gets bigger. <laughs> uh, then we have the Flayer Slayer. I would like to say I like the fact that there are more um, 
cloak options and, and stuff like that. Like I feel like there's there's if, a couple like if I can, equipment slots that are in dire need of growth. If I can be honest, it needs to be armor and not fucking cloaks because yeah, we have a lot of cloaks. We have a lot of we don't have a lot. We have more than we do have for regular armor, um, and we have a lot of magic swords and wands and potions. And I'm like, we we need other. We need orbs, we need rods, we need great axes. The Flayer Slayer is a great axe, by the way. Ooh. Uh, we also get a war pick, the Luminous War Pick. Cool. Uh, mind crystals, whatever that means. Well, we saw the one probably jammed in the brain of that one goblin, right? I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, Are they one, basically two, three, iron four, stones? Five, six, seven. Um, these gemstones contain a crystallized bit of spellcasting magic, different types. Exist with a single-use effect, so no. Okay. Uh, when you cast a spell that has a casting time of one action while holding it, you can modify the spell in a specific way, so it's metamagic. Quickened, subtle, distant, empowered, extended. They're, they're metamagic. They're metamagic. Metamagic They're one-off metamagic gems. I like that. Yep. I'll, I will hand those out. Yeah. That's that's a great addition. As, as a full bard in your campaign. Yes, please. There's something called the mind blasting cap, which is a soft violet cap that bears a stitching of pattern and folds on, on a brain. So mind blasting, right? But the fact it's called a blasting cap makes me really fucking Yeah. Like I am happy with that. Mind guard crown, the mud slick tower, oh baby. Uh potion of psionic fortitude, ring of the orator, oh baby. Uh the spider staff, oh baby, and the staff of defense. Can you can you can you stop saying oh baby, please? I'm uncomfortable. Well, move your foot then. Uh, <laughs> did you miss the podcast? <laughs> because we're recording, I'll say yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then that's some really cool art of uh, of more mind flayer nonsense. Cool. And then we get to the the final bit. The final bit. Uh, we got a story tracker which will help kind of give your you as a DM. Um, or your players, the ability to kind of track where you guys are at in the story and just kind of have this with you as like a, here's where we're at with our quests. It's interesting, but like, I it's would a, just do this in a notebook. a notebook. Yeah. But it's several pages and there's several options for it. And then, um, we get the map, which I kind of, do we tear it out? If we tear it out, then you're going to keep this book because I never pull my maps out. Okay, I'm not going to tear this out, but it looks like you are right. It is a blown up version of the like Greater Neverwinter area. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I don't want to open this thing up to figure out what the Fandolin map looks like, but we have a Fandolin map. There, yeah. So. So. Cool. Uh, grab dice. Let's roll. Uh, five and a four, huh? Well, you're going first, Dan. I usually do. Uh, oh. I said you're going first, not your. Never mind. Uh, what are your overall impressions of the content, not including artwork? What are your overall impressions? Um, you might disagree with me. They are very clearly. Uh, they they saw what happened in Act One of Baldur's Gate and said, "Let's just do that." Um, <laughs> a lot of this is reminiscent of the Baldur's Gate game. So if you are out there, as I know many people are saying, hey, I wish we could translate that to our campaign in some way. This is actually kind of the way to do it. Um, it it feels very Act 1, Baldur's Gate 3E. I love the content in it. There's, there's not a lot of additional player options, and it is just straight adventure. I am a little annoyed. Annoyed is probably not the right word, but I'm a little disappointed that there is... That they reprinted 
uh, the Minds of Fandelver, Lost Minds, and then filled half the book with it. I would have preferred this book to be a run Lost Minds and now we can go. The problem is that Lost Minds cannot be found on D&D Beyond or on physical copies. But that's their longer. decision to do that, right? Like re-release Lost Minds as a small little attachment thing because it's a it's you threw it in the starter set. It's not a no, massive but, campaign, right? Like they had to fill it out quite a lot. Right, but okay, but think about it like this, Dan. Lost Minds is one of by far the most popular adventures of 5th edition. Most people have played it to some degree or another yep. and will likely play it again. I know some people that have played it multiple times. And I want to say it's Jeff who's played it, I think, yeah. three plus times. Like Jeff's, uh, Jeff's done it a lot. He tends to just play the same campaigns over and over again. But like, remember, that starter set has all of the starter rules and those rules are being rewritten. What they've done is pulled all of the rules out of it because one D and D is coming, and you will still be able to play this adventure. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I don't blame them for that. I don't hate that they've kind of re-upped this. I don't hate this any more than I hate the fact that the last part of Tomb of Annihilation is just the Tomb of Horrors, which, by the way, they printed in Tales from the Onyx Portal. Yeah. Like we've got a double print of that. It's different, but it's very clearly the same thing. Yeah. Right? So that being said, how do you feel about the new content? Uh, the new content's beautiful. I've been waiting for a Mind Flayer book. We haven't really had a, a big, like, Mind Flayer focus book. You and or I, Far Realms book. Yeah, you and I complained a while back. I think it was during the Frost Maiden. Yeah, maybe. Um, it was around when that came out that we were like, I'm really excited. There's a bunch of, like, Netherese and, and Far Realms feeling shit here. Which, in our skimming through here, there's not a lot of focus on the Netherese, which, considering the obelisks are Netherese artifacts... I, okay, so so that's, that's my comment. The Shattered Obelisk is clearly the thing the way that, like, the Crystal Shard is the thing, right? You have the MacGuffin. Yeah. But my complaint is always the Tomb of Annihilation isn't really the, like, the tomb itself shows up way too late, right? You fight the Frost Maiden, which is not even the final boss. You, uh, what's, what's another one? The Storm King's Thunder? I mean, you're putting the ordering back together. You're not up against the Storm Kings, yeah. right? Uh, uh, like a, a third into Out of the Abyss, you get out of the Abyss and then turn around and go back into it. Were you ever in the Abyss or were you just in the Underdark? I like, mean, the Abyss of the Underdark, yeah. No, okay, but the Abyss itself, it's because the no, demons are getting raised, right? Well, you're, so you're, you're stopping you're, them from getting out of the You're killing demon lords in a deep, dark place. So it's the Abyss. Shut up. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> you know better than this. Stop spreading this information. Um, no, the... The name's Dragon Heist. It's not at all what you think it is. Yeah, based on the name, it, it, it's about money. The money is called dragons. Yeah, yeah. So the, like, there's a lot of desert into Avernus doesn't have any cheesecake. Like it's when you're done. <laughs> when you're done. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, the the shattered obelisk. Like it's it's clearly a part of of the obelisk is giving us the magic to warp the shit. That's not what this is about. No. Right. I wanted to get a little bit more history on what the obelisks do, but even the ties at the end say, hey, there are other ones out there. If you want to do this shit in other places, neat. But give, like, don't make it an afterthought for just a paragraph. Well, right? It's kind of like, hey, guys, there's lots of other information in these books that you could also buy. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> where I was going with this, right? Now you got to buy the other books. So I'm sitting here going, and in those books, the obelisk is there. It just doesn't matter. It is mentioned, 
But it is not a set it is, piece. It is not a well. It, it is a set piece, but it is not a plot defining set piece, right? Like yeah. it, it's it is a hey, here's this thing that you can interact with and will kill you if you try to touch it. Like it's. I really wanted this to be hey, this obelisk had had shattered. If you put it back together, it will activate all the obelisks. Pay attention for the next book because the obelisks have activated, and here we are dealing with the thing, right? Like that was kind of what I was hoping for, but they don't do big overarching storylines like that in D&D anymore, which sucks. Yeah. We used to have them do that semi-frequently in previous editions. I remember playing, I think it was called the Age of Worms campaign, which they did it like tail end of 3.5, right before they went into 4th edition. And it was uh, in the Dungeon and Dragon magazines. Like yeah. Dungeon magazine, they would release, okay, here's your level 1 uh campaign arc here's a level two campaign arc and then when that was done they released it all as one big book right um that felt great i I loved that but there was also like overarching plots of like hey what's minsk doing during all of this right like there's also stuff in editions before that even or they would release like you there were four or five books in the vecna story arc Mm -hmm. right and there were four or five books on the um i think there was a mind flayer story arc there as well yeah. yeah and so like I wish we got that, but that's not this book's fault. I wanted what I had initially wanted, the big epic superhero set piece moment of the world is ending and we got to do the thing. No, we got body horror. This is very much the thing. And I'm a big fan of it. I really like that. And as a matter of fact, every time that we get anything Far Realms, I get super excited. For other people that are that are wondering about the Far Realms, where else you can find shit that's flavored like this, one of, at least one of the Domains of Dread and Van Richten's includes shit like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end of the adventure in Acquisitions Incorporated is uh, Far Realmsy. Okay. As well. I mean, the entirety of uh, uh, Spelljammer. Spelljammer is Far Realmsy, but it's not... It isn't, it isn't. Like, it's not... It's not I mean, it's, it's, it's spaceships and space campaign, but like... Yeah, it, it's not Cthuloid scary although there are definitely aspects of that yeah right uh so and honestly honestly if i already had spell jammer i would be working some of that weird shit into this campaign as well because there are some really cool creepy monsters in there including space clowns no one's expecting space clowns and they're evil and creepy as fuck cool so uh your the artwork how do you feel about it love it uh they've they knocked it out of the park the reused art they've done well um, the only thing is the reused maps are are noticeably low res, <laughs> like yeah. You can tell it's a reprint of a reprint. Yeah, like, uh, they've used that. They've used that JPEG a couple times. So like it's, but I, I'm okay with that. It doesn't bother me at all. And they up the game. All the new stuff is great. It's fantastic. All the old stuff, except for the maps, it seems like it's been touched up or at least it's as crisp as the yeah. the new stuff. So I'm okay. I honestly, I'm tired of that splash page of the goblins. To the point where, if you look at it, the top 40% of that image is blank space because there have been, like, chapter titles that have been splashed across there in yeah. previous editions. I'm like, fuck, just stop using it. Give us a new splash page. I, that's the most overused image in 5th edition. Yep. And here it is again. I mean, it's it's goblins. It's fine. But, god damn it. So, uh, overall rating on this? I tend to be a bit of a homer when it comes to the ratings on these books. And, like, I, 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 I've been doing some of the editing on these things. And I, like, look at the list. I'm like, Dan gives out a lot of A's and high B's. Um, Although you and I slaughtered Candlekeep. 
And now that Dave and Kyle have been playing through it with their group, that one's going to get a redux. The, we're going to get them to give an actual, like, <laughs> review of it, because we fucking slaughtered it by well, a I mean, damn sight. Yeah, it, it kind of deserved it. Anyways, the... Uh, the point is it didn't, Dan. <laughs> I disagree. Um, my rating for this one, I'd say high C plus B minus. Um, only because uh, half of this is... Uh, um, uh, maybe I'll... No, I'll say... I'll officially say a B. Um, half of it is just content you have if you have a starter set that is not that hard to translate to your game. Um, and like you said, a lot of people have played the starter set because it is out there and it's been out there for so long. Um, this is not, there's not player options to get. This is purely a campaign. So you're going to get this, you're going to play it once and you're going to be done with it. Like, uh, in terms of quality of book, they did all right for what they were trying to do. Right. I, I have no, I have no issue here. Um, I didn't see very much information on Ceramorphous. Um, I didn't see there's mutations, but not Ceramorphous. Like it, it's you got mind flayers. Yeah, but but it's not the mind flayers warping people. No, it's not. It's it's the it's the essence of the far realm warping even them. But yeah. like it it's still. So I'd say it's a B. I'm going to be more forgiving than that because it says right in the on the back page of it, a beloved town in an unimaginable danger. Whether the heroes are newcomers uh, to Phandalin or are returning after the acclaimed adventure Lost Minds of Phandelver, they discover hints of a threat lurking below. It says here, um, it's a high fantasy adventure that begins with the familiar story, Lost Minds of Phandelver. It's right on the back. If you pick this up like we did and were surprised by this, it's because you didn't read the back, right? No, and so, like we didn't. Like we didn't. And so I think about it like this. The first half of it is tried, tested, and true as being one of the best that it gets a, like a solid A yeah. adventure, right? The second half of this is weird, far realms, crazy, flesh-melting tentacle bullshit, which I love and I'm here for. So that automatically makes it an A- minus or better. It feels to me like the art is top-notch. They seem to have just perfectly blended the two halves of this story together. Yes, I already own this. A lot of people don't. And you got to think about what the sales are going to look like three, four, five years from now when people aren't able to go pick up that starter set. Yeah, anymore. fair enough. So, yeah. so as this book stands alone, what they were trying to do, this is clearly an A minus to me, just because it didn't lean into the obelisk enough. At this point, I should fucking know better that the titles do not line up with what with what they're they're promising. So, what the adventure is. However, the bestiary didn't really have any clear, obvious misses on it. Uh, we've got a really cool godlet, which mm -hmm. is neat. I'm glad that we get something else that's really creepy crazy like that. And we got our first, like, imprint in module gem dragon. Yeah. Like, it, that is rolled in gem dragons outside of Fizzbands, right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of good shit in this. And I really don't have any complaints. The art is far better than the Big Beast Glory of the Giant. So, yeah, A- minus for me. When do you think someone should add this to their collection? Despite the low score, if you are fresh to D and D and want to have like a, your party's like okay, well let's let's do a full campaign. It's the starter set, man. Like this, it but it it completes that story arc. And I've I've constantly had a lot of newer DMs come to me and say, "What do I do when I'm done the starter set?" This. So despite the low score I gave it, I would still put this fairly early. I mean, I wouldn't before any of like the player option books. But you could conceivably just get the core 
books and then this. Yeah, it's and you'd well, be fine. It's meant right? to be run like that, right? But so. uh, it, I would get it after after you filled out the Tashes and Xanathars and and stuff. Um, and if you are a if you are an experienced player looking to DM for the first time, this might be the one you run. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, because it's really meant to walk you through being a DM. As you said, this feels real old school D anD. d Yeah, if you're an old school D anD. d player and you haven't tried Fifth Edition, like Alexander and other Skip Davis, who I know is still listening quietly over in the corner, going, "Hey, buddy, hey, yes, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> right? This might be something to check out. This would be like, okay, I'm going to pick up an adventure and play through it. This one feels you go from goblins all the way through to mind flayers, and it's really cool and epic, and you fight a god thing at the end of it, right? That's old school D anD. d uh, if you are brand new to it and you've got the core rules, it's not a bad adventure to run. Nope. Uh, if you have... The only time I would say don't make this one of your early purchases is if you are going to... Uh, is if you already have the starter set and you played through it once already. Yeah. Right? Like, so when someone comes back to listen to this episode in three years, yeah, pick this up, right? Chances are it's been long enough since the, the original starter set that, uh, that it might be time to, to grab this one and give it another shot i just really feel like this could be set up to stand among the other pinnacles of fifth edition when you look at curse of strahd tomb of annihilation even storm king's thunder we really liked um rhyme of the frost maiden right when we look back at fifth edition and we say what are the what are the adventures to play there are books that we will forget to mention Mm-hmm. I don't think this is going to be one of them. I think if you play every adventure, this one will stick out as being really unique, really flavorful, and very classic D&D in a way that a lot of the stuff currently isn't. Planescape and and Feywild heists and, and yeah. Feywild. Like, we're, we're doing too much. Like, we, we're expanding outward. This one feels like an expansion inward, and I like that. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Nope. So that's it for this episode on Fandelver and Below, the Shattered Obelisk. Obelisk. It, if you've been inspired by any of the uh, conversations in this episode, you can reach out to us through our subreddit, r slash It's a Mimic, our Facebook group, or our Instagram. If you'd like to support us, you can check out the show notes below for the links to our Patreon, as well as our website where you could donate or check out our store. And don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and leave positive reviews. Every little bit helps. Thank you for listening to Legend Lore from the It's a Mimic podcast. New releases will be aired on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as dozens of other podcast apps, and previously published materials will be discussed on our Patreon. If you are interested in more tabletop role-playing game conversations, please browse the episode guide at www.itsamimic.com.